From COK Studios in Audie Cornish's laundry room, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider how certain cultural traditions are being appropriated in American society. We'll also consider some great summer reading in our Book Look segment with Lynn Ruffle. And we'll consider if I'm wearing boxers or briefs. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Hobby Lobby, your home for every crafting need. Now with employee discounts on crochet hooks, florist wire, and knitting needles. Hobby Lobby, encouraging women to get creative. And the Chuck Wood Foundation, helping to prove how much wood a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood since 1955. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. In America's immigrant-rich cities, many cultures and their traditions are on display for all to see and experience. The United States continues to be the world's foremost cultural melting pot, but sometimes the white cultural majority seems to steal ideas and traditions from other cultures and make them their own. When is cultural appropriation a healthy byproduct of globalization, and when does it become a problem? Here to help us answer this question is our resident phraseologist and cultural historian, Leslie Kincaid. Good to have you back with us. Nice to be here. Now, Leslie, you and your wife, Constance, have been studying how language and words have been created and appropriated for years. But you've been looking at traditions lately as well. Why? Yes, that's correct. Constance and I were researching the origins of words and phrases here in America for a new book we're writing when we came across the word Columbusine. And now, what exactly is Columbusing? It's when you discover something that's existed forever. Specifically, it's when white people find out about something that existed outside their own culture, nationality, or race. Much in the same way that Christopher Columbus discovered America. I see. Now, Leslie, tell us about the pros and cons of Columbusing. Well, Connor, it's good in that it helps expose certain aspects of different cultures to the mainstream. But typically, the cultural origins get stripped away, as these things are discovered by white people. Leslie, I understand that you spoke to two people who have been on either side of this Columbusing struggle. I did, yes. The first person I spoke with was my good friend and colleague, Dr. Maxwell Ping, who is half African-American and half Chinese. He has studied the idea of cultural appropriation for over 20 years. Taking things from another culture and making them your own can be very hurtful, because it feels as if something is being robbed from you. Like, say, the land that Columbus robbed from the native peoples. Max, give us some examples of things that have been taken and changed more recently. Where do I begin? Empanadas, henna tattoos, hummus, Thai food, color festivals. Let's not forget apple pie. The term American as apple pie still pisses me off to this day. The apple pie is German. So are hot dogs, hamburgers, and a good deal of U.S. military technology. The key thing to remember is that Columbusing didn't just begin again with the advent of Facebook and Pinterest. It has literally been going on ever since 1492. Is it wrong to take something from another culture and make it your own? Or is it really a compliment? It's usually a backhanded compliment at best. People who eat empanadas, for example are clearly seeing the inherent good in a Latin American food staple. That is a compliment. 
But when anti-immigration people reappropriate the empanada, rename it a hand pie, and put it all over the Pinterest wall like they invented it, then we have a problem. I also spoke to mommy blogger Haley White. Oh my heck, I have literally discovered so much good stuff lately. Really? Like what? Where do I begin? This new garbanzo bean dip with lemon, garlic, and tahini is the best. I call it beanie dip. Hummus, yes. Huh? I also saw this thing on my friend Stacy's blog about this fun get-together she does with her kids where they throw colored powder at each other. It looks so fun. I think I might do it in my neighborhood and call it the color throw or something. That would be inspired by the Hindu Spring Festival of Holi. Anyways, I also started making these awesome little hand pies. They are so yummy. Those would be empanadas. What? Empanadas. They're Latin American pies filled with sweet or savory fillings. Gross. I think I'll just call them hand pies, thanks. Well, there you have it, Cordell and Connor. Well, now, can we do anything about the columbusing of other cultures, Leslie? I'd, I'd like to think so, but Americans seem pretty good at claiming things as their own. Quite. They probably acquired that skill from someone else as well. I suppose they did. But from whom? That was cultural historian Leslie Kincaid. Now we turn to Book Look with our book expert, Lynn Ruffle, who is here to tell us her summer reading list. Hi, Lynn. Greetings, Connor. So summer is in full swing, and it's a great time to grab a book and head to the beach or just sit in a hammock and read. Yes, it is. I've got some new books that will hopefully fit the bill. Tell us about them. The first book on my list is an exciting thriller about a female government official who has to constantly battle with her male counterparts. The main character is very strong-willed and is forced to defend herself to Congress when a mission to Libya goes horribly wrong. It's called Hard Choices. That's not a novel, and that's Hillary Clinton's new memoir. Are you sure? Yeah, didn't you see her picture on the cover? No, I just heard it on audible.com. It was so action-packed, I figured it wasn't real. Yeah, no, that attack on Benghazi was very real. Oh, whoopsie. You'd recommend it, though? Definitely. It's even better now that I know it's true. Okay. The next book everyone needs to check out is a new book by Stephen King called Mr. Mercedes. It's a dark story about a killer who runs over his victims in a stolen Mercedes. I found this book riveting. Stephen King is still the master of suspense, and I think anyone who likes psychological thrillers will really enjoy it. Will Patton's reading of the book is also really quite good. Now you listen to this book too? As a matter of fact, I did. I was able to download it from audible.com, Connor. There are over 150,000 audiobooks available for download at audible.com, an Amazon company. Fair enough. The final book on my summer reading list is a classic that I think everyone needs to read, The End of the Affair by Graham Greene. This book has been made into a movie and adapted for the stage, but nothing compares to the original work by Mr. Greene. Now, did you do the audiobook for this one? I'm a little hurt you assumed that, Connor. No, I didn't. I've got an old copy of this book that is very well-loved and dog-eared from many, many readings. However, Audible.com does have a fabulous version of this book, read by famous Academy Award-winning actor Colin Firth. So go on over to Audible now and download it. Your first book is free. Now, have you signed some kind of deal with Audible to mention their company on our show, Lynn? Oh! 
no, 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 yes. Well, thanks for coming by. A pleasure as always, Connor. That was Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. That's it for this episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Consider Our Know. The podcast is available for download at iTunes and at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. The Consider Our Knowledge team includes Emily Clausen, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, Natalie Thorpe, Spencer Cannon, Hobart Willis, and Libby Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Where are we? (laughs) It's when you discover. Oh, right, right, sorry.